What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Lockdown Nuggets podcast, part of the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mattis from DNBR, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague and co-host, senior NBA writer at the Action Network, Matt Moore. Matt, happy Wednesday, happy Tuesday night, Wednesday show. How are you doing? Doing all right. Nugget season is over. The finals begin tomorrow, which will be very exciting for Lakers fans. Uh, I think <laughs> it's uh, it's weird just to be like, oh man, like this is it. Like the season's going to be over. Like it's going to be over, over, and not yeah. like high on hiatus. And so the off season's going to begin, and like free agency, like starting to look at like what the books look like and who's where are trade candidates and those kind of things. So uh, it's it's kind of surprising to me. I'm not, I wasn't really like, because everything is so weird. I'm not in a, on a wavelength of like, Oh yeah. Like the season's going to end and then it'll be right, draft right, and then it'll yeah. be free agency. Like the usual cycles are all messed up. So I'm not really prepared. Uh, I don't feel like for an off season yet. We're two months away from the draft, which feels like a lot because usually the draft is a two weeks after the, the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. It, it happens quickly. You don't, you get like a little mini vacation and then you're right back into it. But this year, a little bit more of a, of a gap in between. I have to bring up two points of contention from our last show, Matt, two points of contention um, that people have sort of pushed back on the NBA starting in March. I had a handful of people reach out to me saying, I don't think that's accurate. I think January is more real. And not people that I trust their opinion more than you. Just I'm saying I've, I heard like people people saying I don't, that would really surprise me. So I have to like follow up. I'm following up because that surprised me too. How confident are you in that projection? Not confident at all. I think all this okay. stuff's fluid. Um, I would tell you that there's been a consistent message from the people in the league on this which yeah. has been like oh no it'll be it'll be earlier no yeah we'll have the playoffs going by like june no yeah, no yeah. question well originally it was december 1st was the start mm-hmm. of the next season which was yeah come yeah. on man yeah yeah can you imagine and, uh, that means training camps no. would be in like four weeks <laughs> yeah it would be it would be such a mess um and then the, the biggest thing here is like look if you, if you go back and you actually track the the reporters that are very close with the players union like chris haynes and marcus spears and those types yeah there's been a consistent messaging about they don't expect it until march mm, like that's so, so there's a that's been there, there's probably a little bit of push and pull here yeah where exactly yep the league is like we want to get going we want to get going we want to get going and the players are like let's see what your plan is first i also think right. that the league will probably be like, no, no, we can start in January. I mean, you're not going to be able to have anybody in the stands. And then the, the owners are going to be like, oh, right. Like, how long can we wait? So right. um, I think like a reasonable compromise is maybe February. So that means like, okay, they want to start in January. They have to put it, push it back a couple weeks, which is what happened with the restart, right? It was like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're going to go in like mid-July, mm, right, late July, right. mm, July, July, 20th, July 30th. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it doesn't go until March. So like it, it could be January. I'm not sitting here saying like I have like raw. I I'm like Adam Silver hasn't been like oh, it's gonna be March to me. Like that's not a thing that's happened. Um, I just think that based off of where we are at and the uncertainty and the fact that it's not just the uncertainty, it's the opportunity. So I always mm-hmm. gauge those two things: is like you want to be careful, but you also want to take advantage of opportunities. If you go in January, you are probably going at least two months without anybody in the stands. By March, there's like a 
pretty high level of confidence that the vaccine will be in somewhat level of circulation. Mm. Um, and I, like, I don't mean to make this into a political issue. I really don't, but like, there's just no way around it. Like it does depend on what happens in November. Like mm. one result is probably going to mean that the league is going to be like, well, we don't know when this is going to happen. So we might as well start it. Cause we're not, we don't know when the vaccines like, we can't trust anything to get handled. And then if another result occurs, they'll probably be like, no, it'll probably like, we have confidence that the vaccine will be in circulation by like the end of January. Right. And so if we start in like, February or March, you can have fans again. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough. I, it's, all I know is that it looks like it'll be a three or four month period between the final game and the next one. And I feel somewhat confident saying it'll be the longest three or four months of our lives, but we'll find out. Um, also, the other point of contention was you said, Jeremy Grant, four years, 80 million was your estimate. I think that's high. I'm going to go with okay. four, four years, 60 million. We could play closest to the hole on this one. And uh, what was Gary's deal? What was Gary? So it was what was it? Um, sixty-four that turned out to actually it was seventy-four reported, but it actually turned out to be sixty-four with bonuses built in. But yeah. again, that was a little bit more on the upswing peak, and we're at a little bit of a off season of lull um, with with just how things are shaking out. So if like if everybody is scared off because all of the money has gone away, and they just wind up and they don't smooth the cap. Yeah. And there's like a whole bunch of disasters that like if the cap situation is just like a mess and all the owners are just like cutting salary, which is entirely possible, then yeah, like his market just may get truncated. Mm. Um, my only thing is I think there will be enough teams out there that will like, I don't think he's going to be short on suitors. Mm. Right. And like, I think that that's going to be tough. And if it's like, you know, yeah, four years, let's see, four thirty-two. If it's like four seventy-two, it's a lot to me. That seems high. It, honestly, it seems a little high for him. I understand, but like, here's part of it: is like, if you don't, it, with you have Jokic and Murray on maxes, what else are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, here's the: thing. if you don't retain him, you are not getting an upgrade. Right. No. Like, oh, first, there's de- I, think that, I think that is definitely true. There's not an upgrade this year. If they lose him, it probably means that they take a step back next season. So yeah. And, and then likely, and then likely like what MPJ starts at the four, you re-sign Millsap and then MPJ starts at the three and it's Millsap. And the- maybe you end up going after like an Ibaka or something, you know, somebody else that's not as probably not as good of a fit longer in the tooth. And, and you hope that it, it's a stopgap until you make a more long-term plan. I don't, I don't, first of all, this is a doomsday scenario and we can get more into detail. That's not really on the docket for today's show. I just, four years, 80, when I sat there and broke it down, I thought, okay, I don't think Jeremy Grant's a $20 million a year player to anybody, including the Nuggets. And I don't know that anybody would offer that to him this summer. Um, so I always think high. I, like, I always think things are high, right? So like, I didn't think they were getting Millsap for anything less than four years. And like, I thought yeah. it was going to take like four yeah. 120. Right. And they didn't like, they yeah. just didn't need that. You know, they gone for way less. And so, um, like it's Man, entirely I remember possible. Having these conversations three years ago. How wild is it? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's like, so that was one of those ways where you were talking about it and it really feels like the passage of time. Cause I remember yeah, these and, debates. And I think, you know, I, part of it too is there's, I just look guys that have the kind of playoff runs like he did, like he was locking down Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. He had that incredible performance in the Nuggets win. Like I get that it's going to be like, 
part of it also is just like this is who you want like you want stretch you want wings who can play four who can shoot and are athletic and can run the like of course and he's, no, he's a great like, he's, he's a great role he's, player for sure and he's 25 like um if here's the other problem for you honestly is the market is so bad for free agents yeah. that you could say like well there's nobody else that's really gonna be driving the market up but the problem is like the guys that are good are going to be like, no, no, I don't want anybody. Like Andre Drummond is like a top five name in this, in this free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, would you rather have Andre Drummond or Jeremy Grant? Cause I'd rather have Jeremy Grant. Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure we'll get more into detail on, on that um, going forward, but today's show, you know, I've got a list of six questions here for you. And I think that they're kind of important questions about the nuggets. Um, I have one for you. I have one for you. Ooh, why don't we start with yours? Okay. So the, 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 my first question is, um, what is the number one place for, for a sports better? I would say sportsbetting.com. Bet, Aren't they the sponsor of today's show? They are the sponsor. Oh my gosh. That's a great point. They are the sponsor of today's show. In fact, we can throw right to them right out, right out the gate because sportsbetting.com is now live and taking action in Colorado. Sportsbetting.com is passionate about sports and the authority on sports betting with their own in-house bookmakers. Sportsbetting.com is known for their sharp, odds and low juice that means the best prices for you new players get a welcome bonus a 100 risk-free week of sports betting up to 500 sports betting offer sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one-time playthrough take advantage of their nfl touchdown and nba playoff mvp promotions with can't lose offers on first td and triple double scores get your action on at <laughs> You got it. <laughs> got me you again. Got it. it got me again. Get your action on at the home of of sports betting. That's sportsbetting.com's backslash locked on nuggets. Also want to tell you about DoorDash never ending laundry cycles, incoming emails. This was me today, Matt. Like I my, my uh parents came in to pick up my daughter and take her out for for a, a, a day out. And I didn't even have a time to like look up at them when they came in the house. So it, that's how busy my life is gets. I know yours is the exact same way. You got all these things on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next bill. You want Chinese, kids want pizza, wives want some fro-yo. Fro There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. So you can support them, have them do that contactless delivery right outside of your house, leave it on the porch. You don't have to shake hands. You don't have to do any of that, that mess. Over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless. Uh, right now, listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONMBA. That's code LOCKEDONMBA. Don't forget that code. Get $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, Matt, I got these lists of questions for you. Are you ready here? Let's go. Number one, just how real was this playoff run for the Denver Nuggets? Because I think we're going to make a lot of decisions and assumptions for the Denver Nuggets based on the fact that they are a Western Conference Finals contender. But there's so many little variables for you to kind of factor in. How real was it? It was 100% real. Ooh. All right. And I say that because the problem is, is like, that doesn't mean anything about next year. Because right. what am I always telling you and saying to everybody, which is every season – teams are, are an organic structure. They are a living organism and they are entirely different from the year before. Um, 
the, these nuggets are not last year's nuggets who weren't the year before's nuggets right, right. and next year's nuggets will not be these nuggets and we, and we, we even don't more so i think it. next year i think more there'll be a bigger difference I'm not saying better yeah. or worse but a bigger difference between this well, year and next let, year. let's well here here's the thing let's say okay let's say michael Porter jr does not take the offseason seriously and he doesn't learn the playbook and he doesn't work on his defensive principles and he doesn't improve his game in the lab and he still doesn't know what he's doing and he's still uh, a drunk giraffe on skates. Okay. So let's assume that that happens. And let's assume that the cap structure is such that they are unable to do anything meaningful. And so everybody just comes back the same roster. They keep grant, but they bring everybody back. Even under those circumstances, next year would not be the same. Yeah. And so like next year, you may not have the matchups that are advantageous to you. You might face Houston next year if they keep that team together, or um, it might be the Warriors. The second seed might be the Warriors and the Nuggets are third. Right. Um, or the first, the second seed might be the Lakers and the Warriors are first. Yeah. Right. And so then it becomes much harder for you to go on the run that you did. And no one is going to not see you coming now. The Jazz, I think, saw them coming, but the Jazz were a flawed team in and of themselves. The Clippers never saw them coming. Like they just, they did not realize until Game Six that they could lose that series. And so, agreed. agreed. Yeah. The the real stuff is is what they found out about their internal toughness, what they found out about their mental toughness, what they found out about how their team can work together, how they can win together, how they can rally, how they can keep composure and play poise that they're a clutch team all of those things i think are real jamal murray jamal murray i think this is legitimate i don't know if this is going to carry over the regular season but i expect him to pick it back up when the playoffs begin i think he's a 16 game player i think he's a 16 game player i think Jokic is a 16 game player um i think that porter jr is a work in progress i think that there are guys in this roster that you can absolutely feel good about going into any playoff series with and feel like they are up to it. There are guys that have it and guys that don't, and the Nuggets had it. Like all mm-hmm. those guys on the floor had it, and that matters going forward. So I will say 100% real um, within the context of this season, but it just is not assured to be who they are in the future. Well, this is a, we're off to a great start because I like that answer. I, I, the way I would answer it, same thing. Um, the one caveat is just that if this was not inside the bubble, if it took place immediately after April 12th or whatever the last day of the season was, I do think it's okay to think that things would have been different, maybe better, maybe worse. I don't know, but just different. But we say this all the time. Teams can only play the teams in front of them. They can only attack the situations they're given. Every team was given the situation. Denver made it to the Western conference finals. That counts to me. Question number two, is this Gary Harris, the only Gary Harris? I mean, is it, are we, are we set on who Gary Harris is? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not, I don't think that he can be, I think Gary's ceiling has expired. So I don't think the player that he could have potentially been, had he been healthy his whole career. Right. Right. I don't think that that's ever coming back. Like he's there, never there's like ever... momentum that was stopped. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he can get, I think he can evolve and continue to be a really useful player. And I say that because like, I've just, I got, there was a comment in the, one of the reviews that was tired of me talking about how long I've covered the league. And that's fair. <laughs> I would just say that if you look around the league, you'll find guys like George Hill, who was um, a fantastic clutch, yeah. reliable player in San Antonio. And right. then a starter for the Pacers who are one of the best teams in the league 
and then was a really good like reserve player in Utah and then um, was a guy that missed the free throw the J.R. Smith then screwed up with a clock in Cleveland <laughs> um, and then he's just been like a solid dude in Milwaukee as a backup point guard and so like you just have these careers can be very very long and there are times when it just does absolutely fade out and you just can't do it like Aaron Aflalo was an all-star caliber player for two years and five years later was out of the league right and yep it's another it, great one yep it just happens and so with Gary Harris the core injuries fundamentally reshaped him and it's it sucks that that's what happened because he was a phenomenal player two years yeah. ago um so i don't think i i don't i think that this this player is not the definition of who he will be but nor do i think that you can just you can't roll the clock back either right i think the answer is yes to this i do think this is the gary harris and by the way that doesn't mean he's a bad player he's a phenomenal defender i think if he was a free agent right now and you said okay let's sign gary harris he'd probably sign for a decent amount like a low-end starters amount of money He's paid right now like a mid or high-end starter. And unfortunately, that's probably just a little bit over what type of player he is. But yeah. I, and, and oftentimes we view players within with regards to their contract. If you told me, you know, you could add a Drew Holiday to this team and Gary Harris became his backup, you would say, oh, my God, Gary Harris, a phenomenal defensive back, like off-the-bench defensive ace or, or what have you. If you told me that the Nuggets 1, 3, 4, and 5 was just peakly incredible Gary Harris was the next guy I'd say okay that all that too I would say okay that also works but you know Denver paid him and two years ago expected him to be something different I just I don't think that's going to happen I think that one's off the clock would you rather have Gary Harris or Lou Williams right now Gary Harris Lou Williams old um also I think Gary uh, Lou Williams is just not the type of player that Denver needs in my opinion not only that but like Lou Williams is a bad playoff player and Gary Harris has trouble shooting but he was still like he competed hard made cuts like he he was he was still helpful in a lot of comps. They're, they're really good comps in that one is a great offensive player and one's a great defensive player and they're both vulnerable on the other end just kind of you mm -hmm. know whatever and but um for what denver needs i'd say gary um this brings us to the next question here which is what is will barton's role on this team going forward you're just throwing out landmines aren't you? i am these are um, tough these are big questions though but it's a real one there's a picture posted today by his PR agency of him working out. Saw that. So that's good to see. Um, I think, I think on some level, there has to be recognition of maybe Will makes you better, but you know how good you were without him. Yeah, I, that's a great way to put it. And I think that that's really tough. And there's a really strong bond with Tim Connolly and Will Barton. And Will has been such a positive force on this team. I think, I think this season was hard for Will on multiple levels. He got hurt again. He had such a great start. Like he had a good year. Will Will, 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 a... Will carried them from yeah. October through November when Jokic was struggling. It wasn't Jamal and it wasn't Gary, like it was Will. And he was played the best defense I thought of his career. And I was really happy for that comeback. January two, by the way, it was, it was mm -hmm. Jokic, Barton and Michael Porter. Everybody else was injured. Those three carried him, and they had a great record yeah. in January. And then I think that that was a, that was a lot for to put on his body and it, it, it put a toll on was. him. It definitely did. 
it put a toll on him. And then uh, I do think that you've been through two postseasons. You've had some success. He basically wasn't around last year. He wasn't around at all this year. Um, I also think that if we just talk about it in the context of how you discuss the ideas of like length and athleticism around Jokic, um, Will's long, but he's not super long and he's athletic, but he's not hyper athletic. He's not an athlete in terms of Jeremy Grant. And so, you know, if he comes back, would I feel okay if he was the starting two guard next to Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr.? Absolutely. I think so. Um, but I do think that there's got to be, you know, I'm glad that, that he's going to get his body right. And that's important. Um, but I also think that on some level, I don't know. I don't know how anybody can know a hundred percent what you're getting from Will past March. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. I don't think that's his fault. It's just how it's been. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Gary Harris and that once you have one injury, it's like, okay, players have injuries two years in a row now. And both of them coming, like you said, down the stretch late in the season. I feel for Will Barton because he has been the heartbeat of this team for a long time. And he hasn't gotten the reward of that. Last year he was in the playoffs, but he wasn't himself. This year he missed it entirely. So he put in all the work to get to this point and got none of the benefit. I have no idea what kind of playoff player Will Barton is. I don't think Will Barton knows that. And that's a drag because I wish I knew what kind of playoff performer he was. He was also the one that wanted to do it here. Like he, like there are just so many guys that have come through like Andre Godala never wanted to be a nugget. Not once he ever wanted, he didn't want to be in Denver. He didn't want to be a part of this franchise. Um, I don't honestly think that Daniel Gallinari cared. Um, it's not a matter oh, of like, I, I don't, I, I think he liked Denver fine. I'm just saying like, I don't think Gallo thinks of it in those terms. Does that make sense? Like, I think I disagree. I think he liked Denver a lot. He still has a home here. His dad has a yeah. shop here. Like, I think yeah. he, I think this city suited him and therefore the team suited him. But did he, did he love the franchise? Did, I did, think was he, it like, I think, I want, well, look, I was think it like, it, was it like, I want to be a star for the Nuggets? Like, I think, I honestly think the answer is yes, because <laughs> whether you like it or not, he was the best player on a team that won a franchise most games. And I think that was cool. There's nowhere else that Gallo could have gone where he was the face of the best regular season team in franchise history. So I think for a player I like. I don't feel like that that was the consensus though. Everybody had a different face of that year. Like if you ask some fans, they'd say Ty sure. Lawson. If you ask some right, fans, they'd yeah. say Kenneth Fareed. If you ask some fans, they'd say Iguodala. Like, Can I say leading scorer then? I mean, I, I believe he was the leading scorer. Yeah, he was. But yeah, was, he was. So there, I mean, just, even that, I'm just saying. He got to be a star, and I don't know how many other markets he could have gone to and been a star on a team that won enough games for them to be, you know, up there. But anyway, Will Will definitely, like, he wanted to do it here. Like, he wanted yeah. to believe in a young team that came up. He wanted to believe in this team that took a chance on him that was, like, that traded for him with the belief of, like, we think you can be really good. We think you can be a starter. They gave him a starting job, took him out of the six-man spot. Um, like, he really wanted to do it here. Oh. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting just because of how many questions he had about the team's heart after that Clippers game back in yeah. the other millennia. Right. Um, it was, yeah. Versus like what they did this year, you know? So yeah. I, I, that's that definitely, I think, one to watch. But I'm not, of the, I'm not of the opinion that I can say like Will Barton and Gary Harris will both 100% be back next year. I don't have 100% confidence in that. 
Take a break real quick to tell you about Built Bar and it's even delicious-er or more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've also got these great things. I mean, I'm gonna screw up what they're called, but these great new like pouches that you have for an energy boost. I took one the other day before I went for a run. It was fantastic. Built Bar, I feel like they've, they've, they've perfected the like health shape or the health bar. It's it used to be disgusting. You used to eat those, you know, 10, 15 years ago. They weren't good. Built Bars perfected it. They're great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. Um, and then, of course, all of those great flavors. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll get $10 off your next order. A lot of people have actually hit me up on social saying that they tried them out and liked them. So give if you do do this, show me, uh, let me know how, how it worked out for you. But BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Back here, final segment at Locked On Nuggets. I got three more questions for my co-host here, Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network. All right, next question. Will the Nuggets win more games in the regular season next year than they did this year? Yes, because of the shortened season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gotcha. new, new question. Will they have a greater winning percentage? Damn it. Um... <laughs> Sneaky, sneaky thing that happened to their win percentage. They go two and six in the bubble, and their win mm, percentage was actually like a 50-win team. So sneaky, sneaky easier to, to, to beat. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it'll be better. Um, the floor will raise again. Mm. So the floor was higher this year. I think next year they'll know, like, okay, we can just pound the Hawks for three quarters and then we don't have to care in the fourth rather than not caring for three quarters and then trying to come back. I think they'll learn like if we play at like playoff level for five minutes in the first, in the first half, we should be able to put them away and that'll knock off some losses. Um, God, I hope so. I won't they've, gotten to be, <laughs> they've gotten to be a better road team. Yeah. And on top of all that, just like, I just, I am going to be the kid's harshest critic. Sorry, the people don't like when I say kids. I'm going to be the young man's harshest critic. There you go. But uh, I just, the reason that I choose to actually have criticisms of MPJ is because he's a bona fide all star in the making. And so right. I expect him to be ready to go for training camp, inserted in the starting lineup, built into the offense, and be an absolute lethal machine. And that will just simply, there'll be nights when it's like, man, the Nuggets didn't play great. Well, but MPJ had 45, so they won. <laughs> well, well, this leads me to my next question here, so we can kind of combine these. But it is how much – you, know, you go to sportsbetting.com, there's a bet on there. Will Michael Porter Jr. be meaningfully better next year? I know that's you can't make a bet on something like that. But if there was a bet, you had to place $1,000 on the answer. Just how much better is Michael Porter going to be? Is he going to be meaningfully better by the end of next season? Uh, I would put – the odds on that at like probably minus 400, which like plus 300, no, okay. which would put them at like, there's like a 25% chance he's not better. And that factors in injury. Yeah. Um, you know, look, this is going to depend on him though. I'll say this, like he doesn't just get to have it. He oh, doesn't, yeah, he, yeah. he, he doesn't, I, I said this on the fan the other night that like, look, if they resign, if Millsap, if they resign Grant, 
And Millsap says like, yeah, I'll come back at like, if you give me four years, 20 million, five, five million a year or the mid-level exception, two years, 10. Yeah. Um, I just want to finish my career here, play for a few more years. I'll be the Wiley vet. That's, that would be good for Denver, but also like if MPJ doesn't come in and he hasn't learned the playbook and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's still making dumb mistakes and he still looks again, like a drunk giraffe on roller skates, then like Jeremy Grant, and Paul Millsap are going to start next season. Mm. Like that's, that will happen. Man. You can, you can, and everyone can yell about his talent and his capability. He's, he's got to do the stuff. Like he has to, he has to play in such a way where the rest of the team trusts him and is not like, that's a great, that's I a better way. So much of this is about Michael Malone, right? Like, will he play in this or that? I think it's as much about do the players trust him? And, yes. And Michael Malone like kind of reads that and knows, knows that and then reacts to it. I think it's a little bit of both, but I think people underestimate how much it's the, the, the teammate part. And you have to earn that. Like yep. this is part of it is like, is like for as many limitations as Tory Craig has, the players are still supportive of Tory Craig. Tory Craig earned it. Tory right. Craig busted his ass to get where he is. And MPJ, since the day he walked in the door, has talked about how great he is, and that rubbed them the wrong way, because they're all really good basketball players. Everyone's good in the NBA, and they know how good he is. Like that's been the thing is like they're like, no one, no one questions how good MPJ is. Not one of those dudes is like, I don't know. He's all right. Like, no. They, if you talk to any of them and you get them off record, they're like, oh, well, kids. Whew. Um, but, but in order to play an NBA game, like, you have to fit into an offense. You have to be able to – you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. So, like, he's going to have to invest himself to do that stuff. Like, he just has to. Or he's not going to start, and then he can regress next year. But I don't think that happens. I think that, that Malone and the coaches just get with him. I think that he comes in early and does the work. I don't think that he's the type of player to screw off and come in late. So I think he gets into camp early. They do all the stuff that they got to do to get him ready. He wins the job in training camp. He starts, he's a star. So I can't remember what podcast this comes from. It's a player ran podcast, I believe, but I, I apologize that I'm not getting it right, but there's something, some, some podcasts where players are asked, who was the first guy that busted your ass in the NBA? And I love that question because so many of them, their answers is like, Vladimir Rodmanov, you know, it's just like, it's not guys you think it's like, you know, so, you know, the people that you would never have guessed. And they'd be like, Oh really? He's the one that did that. And I think that every NBA, almost every NBA player enters the league thinking like, I've never not been the baddest dude. Even the guys that are better than me, I've always been like a chip on my shoulder. I can take them. And that's the attitude you have. And with Michael Porter, it's actually legitimate. He is that talented that he can in a pickup game, take anybody, but the NBA is so tough and so complex. And the guys are so good that, you get there and you're like, oh, wow, Vladko Chanchar just dunked on me in practice. And I don't even know who this guy is because these guys are all such a high level. Um, that to me is the question of the C. I mean, we're going to talk about all the little fringe all offseason. We're going to talk about, you know, adding this player, or that player. Michael Porter is so talented that he single handedly can elevate the Denver Nuggets to true contention next year if he makes an appropriate leap. He could also ruin the Nugget season next year if he doesn't make such a leap or if he kind of has the same problems that you're talking about. And I don't mean to put all of this on his shoulders. I think the team will, you know, is going to – they know that sort of the, the, the dichotomy ahead of them. But um, it really is. It, to me, it, it comes down so much to that. And if you believe in the guy, you stick with him. And by the end of this – by the playoffs next year, he's a 20-plus point-per-game scorer. And he's a guy that completely changes the way teams have to guard you and defend you. Um, and I hope it happens because I really enjoy 
the positives of his game. Yeah, but I think also there's a there's an element to this that is more complicated, and that's the media role in this, which is like when he's not playing and then you see him hit a three and it's like, this kid's incredible. Look what this kid did. Look at this layup that he hit. There was just like, there was a lot of pressure constantly to play him this year. And I'm not saying that Malone was right not to like, I think he should have played him more. There are specific games. I can remember the Knicks game. Like there are specific games where it's just like, you just should have played the kid more. Right. Right. Uh, Sorry. You should have played the young man more. And (laughs) so uh, you should play MPJ more. And But at the same time, like there are all these things that we don't know that are going on. And there's also like there's the media I, creates be, the media creates pressure on the front office and the front office applies pressure to the coaches and the coaches resent that. And then there's dynamic like this all becomes very I, I, complicated. Go ahead. I don't I don't think it's complicated next year, Matt. I think next year there's two things that happen. He either plays starters minutes, meaning 28 plus minutes per game or he's traded. I just don't know that they go through another year of tough love where it's like, we're going to keep this guy on the bench and slowly bring him along. Cause I don't think that would work both ways. And I'm not see yeah, that. Well, I will say like, that's where I think there's probably going to be an edict that just like he starts next year, no matter what. Right. Like, I just think that that's where it comes down to. But before they get to the point where it's like, Hey, this guy's killing us. We should have like three more wins. But by the time it gets to that point, the front office is saying, okay, we're trying to try to move this dude and see what we can get for him. And, make something that fits more along the timeline. I hope it doesn't come to that. And I don't think it will come to that, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just say this, like under no circumstances, should they trade him? Like, I don't care how bad of a year he has. I don't care. Like you fix it. Like you, you fix it. I don't care what it is. Like you work through the problems. You hire him a life coach. He's really talented, man. I don't care. Like you just, you just, you sit there and you'd be like, you're going to, we're going to go through the defensive quiz that all the players have to pass. And you're going to have to do this until you pass it. Like, Brings me to my last question here, which is, can you win a championship with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as your definitive best two players? Or yes. do they need one of these other guys to emerge? No, you can win as those two being the best two players. You can win if they had if they have one more shooter who could defend. If they have one guy off the bench that they could trust, that they could be like, this isn't Gary series, we're gonna go to this guy. It Wesley Matthews, um, Josh Richardson. Um, any number, Kelly Oubre, like any of these guys, if you have one of those dudes off the bench that you could say, like, I trust this guy to play defense and he'll knock down open threes. They are in the, they are right now in the finals. Mm. I believe that. Like they are, I'm not saying they're one dude away. Cause I think that one dude's probably MPJ, but um, they are absolutely good enough. Like Yo- Joker, any matchup that they run into, either Joker or Jamal can dominate. And if it's the Lakers, yeah, you're going to have to figure out some stuff. But I will say this, like the Lakers are going to solve themselves because father time is chasing LeBron with a pretty big scythe and Mm. he will catch him. Eventually father time will catch him. Eventually. Um, It may not be till he's 40, but he'll, he'll slow him down eventually. And I do think that that happens. And so, um, yeah, the Lakers are a problem, but they may get upset next year. You know, what if it's Lakers Clippers next year and the Clippers knock them off, but then they the Clippers can't get past Denver again? Like, it would be the, sweet justice, all, man. It would be sweet. And I don't even like the Clippers, but it just right. The the playoffs the playoffs are about matchups as much as they are about talent. They are and superstars. They are also about matchups, and so um, you can absolutely win a title with this team. And I never believed that until this season. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I think the perfect scenario is the Nuggets 
win the championship in 2021. Jokic is the finals MVP. They repeat in 2022. Jamal Murray is the finals MVP. And the three-peat in 2023 with Michael Porter Jr. ascending to being the finals MVP, which only sets the stage for 2024. Finals MVP, Bobo. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Nuggets 4P incoming. You heard it. Matt Moore shaking his head agreeing right now. You can't see him. Actually, you can't see him, but uh, shaking his head to agreement right now. 4P incoming. 4P incoming. Book it. Book it. Book it. <laughs> and you can book it at sportsbetting.com, the presenting sponsor of the show. Thanks, everybody. We're going to be back in a couple days with a brand new episode. We'll see you all then. <laughs>